Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist for me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, is mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year with the Stanley Cup champions! This podcast is all over social media, so follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also, the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today on our one-year anniversary show. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vazana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Yeah, I didn't even know we were going to make it to the one year. It was close. Especially the way that momentum's been building up lately. Uh, It's been slowing down to a screeching halt, but, you know, we're back. Back and better than ever, I guess. Or worse. I don't know. Coming cold off the bench like this, Matt, I don't know if I can raise my game. Even Jordan, you know, I feel like I'm in the the game when he had the flu in the championship. I've got to just raise my level. I'm leaning on Pippen. (laughs) But uh, hey, quick reminder, please rate, review and subscribe. Doesn't cost you anything and is a huge help to us. Five star ratings are always appreciated. And just do a quick three second review. It's all we're asking, you know, that would be greatly appreciated. And also... Please check us out on the Podcast DC app. It's a new local app with hundreds of options in local news, health, and all covering in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as other great content. So there you go. That's my plug. I'm done. That's a good one. Thank you. Especially, you know, I didn't know you were going to be able to make it through it. Are you Are you tired? I'm poof. <laughs> it's a kayfabe wrestling yeah, term. Kay- you know, you, <laughs> <laughs> I know that term. You do? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think it's actually in the dictionary now. (laughs) I think so. It's like Google. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But first off, Noel was kind of alluding to this, but we want to apologize for being off the last two weeks or month or whatever the fuck it's been. (laughs) Well, okay. Well, I do. All right. I I don't want to speak for you. (laughs) Lots and lots of scheduling conflicts uh, because apparently COVID is over, Noel. I don't know if you've heard that. Is it? uh, It is, according to my company, at least. And uh, things are a little more difficult to navigate for me because now I'm back in the office full time, but do not fret. I've got a game plan. We've got a game plan and we won't be missing any more shows for the foreseeable future. Uh, so thank you for sticking with us. Uh, I know we've been kind of in and out, but we've got, we've yeah, got we've a plan been, here. We've been, we've been mulling it over, you know, and that was mm-hmm. part of the delay as well as trying to figure out logistically how we could make this work because we love doing it. And, um, I don't know why, but we do have fans. So we figured, let's, <laughs> mom, so we figured, mom. mom, you know, yeah, I don't Ryan. think mom listens to it anymore. <laughs> Truthfully. Um, she likes the top fives. She, she does, does like them top fives. <laughs> but does. yeah, I mean, we wanted to try to figure out something to just keep some content coming out. And, and I think we came up with something pretty good. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah. I mean, it's just really with podcasts and really anything. I mean, it's all about consistency, right? You can't go work out once every month and, and think that something's going to happen. So we've kind of gone back to our old schedule, so to speak. I mean, 
our second old schedule. Originally, we were going to go five days a week. I was like, yeah, fucking right. That's not going to happen. So we're doing Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays again. Going back to our roots. We're going back to our roots. You know, sometimes you got to go back and you got to shoot those free throws, man. Yeah. You got to get back to basics. And maybe that was the problem. We, We forgot where we came from. And on our first year anniversary... That's what reminded us of it. Yeah, I, I think it's apropos <laughs> on this one here, Noel. But big word, big word. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So keep that in mind. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we're still going to keep with the top fives. We're just going to be a lot more consistent with it, and we know the importance of that. And hey, I listen to podcasts when somebody doesn't show up for a day. It pisses me off. We've been doing that a lot lately. We're well aware, and we're going to make sure that doesn't happen anymore. Cool. So here we are. So here right, we so are. What are we talking about? Okay. Well, let's uh, let's start talking about some <laughs> stuff on the show here. Some, some Beltway Sports Bros stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So we've got a very special show today. We're going to do a top five, being that it is Friday, of course, taking a trip down memory lane throughout the last year. It's been a long fucking year. Five was tough, man. We kind of had to consult each other. We usually don't. We go into them pretty blind. Mm-hmm. But on this one, we kind of had to consult. But we'll get there. We got a couple more other depressing and exciting moments to get to first, I think. Yeah, no doubt. But, uh, you know, there were so many ups and downs this last year, personally. I mean, you, me, for the local teams, and and really for the world in general. It was just a crazy-ass year. Funny way to start a podcast in a year where there's no sports. And But we're going to be doing kind of a looking behind the scenes, so to speak. Hey, can I say something real quick? Sure, go ahead. You know... Less people are wearing masks. You know, we're fully vaccinated now. Do sure. you have a little, what did, what did Ryan call it? Post-traumatic mask disorder? <laughs> he said that. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, Isn't it weird? I take my watch off sometimes when I take a shower, right? And Sometimes? No, I mean, sometimes I have it on when I'm in there. I'm not like, oh my God, it's waterproof. With your underwear on too, I'm <laughs> assuming. My, yeah. Okay, cool, hey, whatever. So you know, anyway... Sometimes you take your watch off for whatever reason and you forget it at home and you go to the store and you're like, oh, shit, you keep looking at your wrist, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's not there. It's this tick that you have. And I've done that quite a few times with the mask thing. I've touched my face. I'm like, well, I'm breathing a lot better right now. I don't know what's going on. My respiratory system is is so clear at the (laughs) moment. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Well, the big thing for me is it's like. I'm seeing all these people without masks on now. I'm going to go to the grocery store or whatever. And I am and I feel like such a piece of shit when I don't wear it. I've run back in. I've seen like two people with it on. And I, I run back into my car to go get it. Oh, no. It's not a normal thing to bring the mask anymore. It's starting to like not be a part of yeah. the normal uh, routine. Right. Right. So, but then you see like those couple randoms that are sticking to their yeah. guns with the mask. You're like, I'm a mask wearer too. <laughs> weird. I, I wear masks. Yeah, it's a it's a tough thing to break. But yeah, I, I thought that was a great term, post traumatic mask disorder. That's a syndrome. <laughs> whatever. No, that's great. I mean, yeah. that's a it's a great way to put it. So anyway, continue. I digress. Yeah, wherever I was, we're going to be doing the top five, <laughs> and um, that's going to be a little bit later in the show, per the norm. So it's going to be a top five with some clips and. Some, some stuff you probably never even heard of, because if you, especially if you started listening recently and hearing how horrible we used to be, which is kind of funny. Oof. Still trying to get well, better. Well, you, not well, you, not, not, not me. you, of course, no. Hey, but first, the wizard season is finally over, Noel. <laughs> After losing in miserable fashion to a Joel Embiid-less 76ers, 129-112 to on Wednesday, 
especially losing the series four to one. We haven't had a chance to talk about the series at all until now, because as we alluded to earlier, how do you think the Wiz handled themselves against the top seeded team in the East? From your opinion, they are who we thought they were. They're the eighth seed. Yeah. And they lost to the number one seed. The matchups were a nightmare. Nobody can match up with Ben Simmons. Tobias Harris is, was the X factor. I knew he would be. Embiid is Embiid. He was injured the final game, but he was having his way with whomever was out there with him. There were times when, you know, one guy would have a glimmer of hope, one of the three-headed monsters at the center spot. But for the most part, he could do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. They're a deep team. We weren't good enough defensively, which is per the norm, uh, that you can just bomb away from anywhere. If you look at the Wizards' backcourt versus the 76ers' backcourt, just the size disparity alone, minus taking Curry out of the equation, was just immense. You look at, at Tobias Harris, he had to be guarded by fucking Rui. Or Ben Simmons had to be guarded by Rui. You've got matchup problems all over the place, and they are the one seed for a reason, Matt. And Neto guarding Harris pretty much the entire series. I mean, come on. Scott Brooks, I've said ad nauseum, you've said ad nauseum, is, is the worst coach in the league. And when you see him in a playoff game, in a playoff series, it's just magnified. He has no clue. No fucking clue. There are players on this team that could have done more. I'm not saying they would have beaten them, but why was, I don't know, Anthony Gill not in there, at least to try to stop Tobias Harris? Hutchison. Hutchison. I mean, try a matchup different. Try something. And his big move was starting Gafford. And they, did right. you hear the announcers? They're like, oh, what what a move. What a coaching decision by Brooks. What the... Well, f- and they put Bertans in the starting lineup as well because you couldn't see before the fucking series started that, I don't know, their smallest guy on their one, two, and three spot was like 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> right. That it probably isn't a good idea to put the uh, Westbrook-Beal-Netto matchup against those three. You needed a game to test it first. What the fuck is wrong with you, man? I don't know. Like, I didn't think they were going to win the series by a long shot. I called it when the series began, and we talked about matchup issues and things like that before the series, and I know we haven't been on, but it was a four- to five-game series. We knew what we were going to get, but we've always talked about, like you said, Brooks' adjustments. Or lack and that's thereof. all series are. That's all it is. That's all series are. You saw what Doc's Rivers did. What did he do when he started to see them lax off? Maxi was eviscerating people with his speed. Mm-hmm. He just put guys in and plugged them in and knew, okay, this is a matchup I want to exploit. And that's it. That's all series are. He couldn't find one. He couldn't find a situation to open up Beal, make a situation where, okay, Curry is guarding Westbrook. Let's post him up. Nothing. What about Neto on Curry getting urinated on? Urinated, and man. didn't change a thing. How do you allow Curry to score 30 fucking points? He's not Steph Curry, let's not forget. But he, he sure as fuck looked like it in the last game. No adjustments. Matt, Howard looked like Superman of 10 <laughs> years ago on Lopez in game five. He was either at the free throw line or rebounding every single time down the court. And Rolo, his big contribution was one fucking hook shot that he made. And they kept driving that matchup home. 
Dwight Howard looked like fucking Orlando Magic Howard against him. Didn't make the change until the damage had been done. And of course, he goes eight for 10 from the free throw line, which, you know. Well, he's gotten better from that area as well anyway. But that's on the offensive side and defensively, he was blocking Lopez. He was eating him alive. Yeah. Where was Lynn in all this? Fine. Gafford was in somewhat foul trouble. Try something different. It's not working, man. Because Lopez played really well the game before. And God forbid. The thing about Scott Brooks is, Noel. He's like a child. He doesn't get ahead of anything. He has to learn the hard way. But it always takes like two or three games for him to do that. And by that point, it's already too late. Yeah. It's so maddening to watch. I just want to beat my goddamn head against the wall. Wait until a run gets to 15-point leads. Yes. He'll wait on a 12-0 run before he calls a timeout or he'll make a matchup change. It's like how many times you got to get rammed in the ass before you realize that it hurts. But it, that's not just in the playoffs. That's the regular season, too. And then it always gets to the point where in the regular season, like, wow, the Wizards magically started playing defense because they lost five straight. It's like, where'd that come from? Then they blow out a team. You know, it's always the same shit with him. And I can't watch it anymore. Hey, contract's done. Maybe. That's your segue. That's my segue. Let's see what others think about it. Let's do that. So we've all been hoping and praying if you're into that kind of thing, I guess, that Scott Brooks wouldn't be resigned. You mentioned his... I use a pentagram. <laughs> okay. A Ouija board. <laughs> but, you know, his contract is up, contrary to popular belief. A lot of people don't even realize that. He coached out, however you want to call it, his five-year contract. He has to be resigned. He's not going to be fired, right? So you actually have to go out of your way to make sure this guy comes back. God forbid. Uh, you're not going anywhere, yeah. buddy. We're... <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they, they're not going to lose God, any money. Man. He's making $7 million a year. I think they kept him on one more year because Ted Leones is a cheap fuck. And if you don't know, he's been 183 and 207 during this five-year period. They've made three playoff appearances in five years. That sounds okay, but it's not. Trust me. So this was yesterday. Brooks was asked if he wanted to stay on as head coach. You know, of course, this is after countless excuses why the team ended up where it did. Typical Pandemic. sniveling little shithead. Yeah. Injuries. So many injuries. Asteroid. You mean Thomas Bryant? Like other teams have. Yeah. It's not like you were decimated. Thomas yeah. Bryant and Westbrook had a torn quad at the beginning of the season. That's really it. And Bertans, maybe a couple weeks. And Denny, who was. I mean, come on. By the time he got injured, was nothing. He was a cone out there at that point. <laughs> cone. Uh, so here's Brooks's quote being asked if he wants to stay. What do you think he said, Noel? Pretty please. <laughs> yeah, he actually got on his knees and, yeah. and begged. Did Beal whip it out? Or <laughs> Beal was not there, but uh, uh, there's, uh. that could have happened behind closed doors. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, quote, I love the group of guys. I know we have a lot of work to do when we're building something that we want to be able to be proud of. I'd love to be a part of it, end quote. Well, no shit, Scott. No one wants you to be a part of it, <laughs> Scott. I promise you. You've had your chances, man. It's over. It's over. It won't be, unfortunately, I, I believe. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm I'm fearful of it, but uh, he comes up with, like you said, Matt, before, he comes up with excuses after excuses. He's willing to. He kind of Kirk Cousins, the throwing people under the bus way of doing it. You know, like totally. smoothly throws it in there by the back door and comes up with excuses that every other coach, every other player, every other team has to deal with. You're just not a good one, my friend. Nope. Speaking of people that want Coach Brooks to stick around, Russell Westbrook. Your boy. 
He was asked if uh, he thinks Brooks should stay on, and he said after the game, quote, I don't see why Scott should go anywhere. He brings intensity. What? He brings the effort <laughs> like he was playing, but he's the coach, and that's something you can't teach, end quote. Fuck, man. I would rather Russell Westbrook be a player's coach. Oh, totally. Than fucking Brooks stay on. Of course he wants him to be the coach again. That's one of the big draws for him. He gets to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. He runs the team, Matt. Pretty much. On the floor and in the locker room and shit like that. Beal runs it. He's like the the silent partner that actually is like the guy with all the money, Beal. He's just sitting there in the corner with his arms folded. Yeah, and just sits behind. But Westbrook is the voice. Mm -hmm. So no shit. He has car blanche to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. If he wants to grab rebounds that night, go grab rebounds. If you want to pass the ball 20 times for assists, go ahead. If you want to score 50 on 35 shots and barely hitting the backboard, that's your business, buddy. It's all yours. He's like a preschooler, and he doesn't have to stay within the lines. You know, it's like, right. just, just go nuts, kid. Just go fucking nuts. Exactly. And like, do you? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure everybody would love that. Sure. No restrictions at all. You can yell at whoever the fuck you want to yell at. You can do whatever you want to do. He's been doing that since Oklahoma City with Brooks. Yes, Westbrook has grown as a man during this process, and they've built a rapport. So he probably doesn't want to change that aspect of it, too. He knows whatever the fuck Brooks runs. I, I have no idea. Which is There's a familiarity there with whatever the hell Brooks does. But shit, I would want to stay around. It's like going to like the cool parents' house for a party. Yeah. We're going to take your car like, keys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, guys. Like, okay, beer's in the fridge, but... They're making you drinks in the, in the fucking corner. Yeah. Like, but no driving home. <laughs> your parents know you're here, right? <laughs> like, he's that parent. Like, the divorced mom that tries to be cool with the kids. Yeah, right. She's the cool mom. No, but I, um, yeah. I understand to an extent where Westbrook is coming from. He's only been back with him one year. Mm-hmm. So... It's not like Beal's been with this guy for five years. It's a little bit different. Yeah, he had him before in Oklahoma City. Separation makes the heart grow fond, or whatever the hell the, the you know the saying is. So, and then he, I think it's distance. But yes, I get you know where you're coming saying. from. He's only been with him for a year, had a good experience, and I mean, whatever, that's fine. But the guy that really matters, Tommy Shepard, he was asked about Brooks' future on Thursday as well, saying, "Quote." We're not doing anything about that today. We're obviously going to do a thorough evaluation top to bottom of our whole organization and ways we can get better. Any question about that stuff, it's not for today. That's not the time for this. Scotty did a hell of a job keeping this team together through some of the most difficult, dark moments probably in franchise history. That being said, we want to get better, all of us, end quote. It's the GM answer. No, it is. And, and we've learned... You know, Tommy Shepard. I don't trust a damn word that motherfucker says at this point. But if you're reading between the lines, it doesn't sound like they've really made a decision. And it looks like it's going to be the Leonsis' decision, father and son. It's not going to be Leonsis' decision, Matt. Absolutely. It's going to be Beal's decision. Well, okay, that's fair. And we'll talk about him in a second. But I thought for sure Brooks was going to get extended. But after hearing this and then what Beal says later on... That gives me some hope. Regardless of what happens with Beal after this season and, and going forward, as a parting gift to us, I hope to God that he, they do not keep this guy on. Here, here's the thing that Shepard has to look at when he sees this team. Yes, did they show fight at the end of the season. Yes, did they make the playoffs. But what is the next step in this process? 
they haven't played well defensively in five years since Scott Brooks has been here. They still talk about the same thing. What changes need to be made? Is it a personnel issue or is it a coaching issue? What does Shepard want to be on this thing? What are the changes that he wants to make? Is it personnel or is it coaching? Because there's the two distinctive things. I don't think they'll do both. I think they'll make a line in the sand here and say, look, we're going to go with this type of coach. If we go with um, Thibodeau type of coach, for example, that says defense first, offense will come from that. If the powers that be, Beal, whomever else, are okay with that and not scoring 32 points a game or increasing his level to 35 next season and Westbrook not having triple doubles, that could help this squad. They have some pieces. I just think having some kind of organization, just in general, you don't even have to have the greatest coach out there. You've got, in my opinion, a pretty good roster. They're not a championship roster, and I think that that's the eventual goal for everybody. But in the NBA, if you make it a top three seed, it's been a pretty good season. Absolutely. But there's no way that anybody can say with a straight face that this guy, Brooks, maximized the talent that he had on this roster. There's no conceivable way. It's like the Jay Gruden situation. The injuries piled up. It extended his shelf life, right? He had excuses to back up with. There was people in place that, oh, we were number one in the league in IR and all that bullshit. But we knew the writing on the wall that this guy wasn't a serviceable head coach. We know that at this point, Scott Brooks is. It really depends on what Shepard's priorities are. Like I said, is it player-driven or is it coach-driven? Is it, you've had your freaking five years, man. We're going to move into a different direction. But like Shepard said in his press conference, this is going to be a committee done not exclusively by him. This is going to be something we're going to incorporate Leonsis, the powers that be, so on and so forth. But moving on to the next part, we know who the real boss is when it comes to this situation. And thank God it's not Westbrook on this one. So Beal was also asked about Brooks after the game. He said, quote, he's a true players coach. You don't see that often around the league. He gave me the opportunity to make plays and, we'll, and I'll be forever grateful for him and happy I was able to share these five years with him. This is the last year, and I don't know what the future holds. We'll talk to Ted, talk to Coach the next couple of days, and talk to Shep, but I don't know. That's kind of out of my hands. Doesn't need to call him Mr. Leonsis, huh? Uh, No, no. Snyder could teach you something, my friend. (laughs) But that is the most ridiculous quote because he's talking out of the side of his mouth. He's saying that we'll talk to Ted the next couple of days. We'll talk to Coach. What do you mean, we'll talk to Coach? But then ends it and says that's kind of out of my hands. Right. Come on, man. You literally just said that you are going to talk to these people and then ended it's out of my hands. You know it's in your hands. Don't give me that shit. It's all in your hands. The wall thing was in your hands. Any personnel decision has been in your hands. The way Brooks offense, whatever small portion, and Brooks has been around the league for a long time. Okay, He does know basketball. He he just doesn't (laughs) know how to coach it. But he knows that he's appeasing Beal. You can't tell me that Shepard and Brooks don't watch film and see the type of defense that Beal plays, which is non-existent. When George Hill is dominating you, you have a problem, Beal. This guy has way too much power at this point, and he has the Wizards by the balls, Matt. And now he's going to come out with this laissez-faire, hey, man. I just play ball. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Get the fuck out of here. 
Right. And the issue is he didn't give a glaring recommendation for Brooks. Absolutely not. And that's the issue. If you watch the press conference, he was just like, yeah, you know, good dude. Yeah, he's fine. Good dude, go out beer, have beer with him. Westbrook's like, looked like he was going to run for, run through a right. wall for him. And then this guy's like, yeah, you, you know, know hey, whatever. whatever happens, happens. You guys, you guys will know when you see it. If you read between the lines, he says this is his last year. I mean, you don't need to read between the lines. Yeah. I don't know what the future holds. Okay. You know what the future holds. Unless he's just not going to be on the team and they just get a haul for him. But, you know, we'll talk about that at a later date. Look, but going back to the Beal-Brooks relationship, at the end of the day, man, it really depends on what Beal wants his legacy to be and what he wants moving forward. Because I've said this before. He's got this franchise by the pair, right? Yep. Where are you going to go? You want to go to a big three? Because I can tell you this, partner, you're going to be number three. Oh, totally. So it really depends on where your priority lies. And they asked him what his goals were for next season. He didn't say NBA championship. He didn't say have a contender. You know what he said? I want to win MVP. He did say that. So, you know. So it really depends on where this guy's priorities lie. He likes playing uh, with Westbrook. Eh, yeah. Everybody was cool. You know, hey, if I'm here, I'm here. Westbrook's a good dude, man. Wouldn't wouldn't change anything for the world to play with this dude. Will I play with him next season? Meh. <laughs> Give me a break, man. I get it. It's the day after a basketball game, a hard loss. You knew you were going to lose that damn series. It's not like you lost a game seven heartbreaker at the buzzer and you needed that day to bring your mind back. Man, this team has been bleeding for four games. Get the fuck out of here. You know? You saw the writing on the wall, and you've been thinking about where you were going to be last season since the playing game. Very true. But we've got a lot to talk about. Sorry. Hey, man, I've had a lot of buildup for a couple weeks. I had to get it out. Now that we're back to three days a week, we got a lot to talk about <laughs> off-season-wise with the Wizards, but we'll, we'll hold that for another day. What's up? It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones Podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with the Beltway Sports Bros, but once you're done, I wanted to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week... We take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL. High-profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks, as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media. Sick of competing against thousands of professional bettors with algorithms? What about spending all day analyzing salary caps and lineups using other daily fantasy sites? Then you should try Monkey Knife Fight. Amazing name, by the way. I've used most, if not all, the other sites, and trust me, I just stop because I don't have time to put all that work in. MKF is easy to play. MKF offers all of the major sports, plus UFC, golf, esports, soccer, college basketball, NASCAR. You can pretty much bet on anything your little heart desires. MKF offers fun contests that are super easy to play play. For example, there's a game called More or Less. Simply pick more or less on different player props. Think Patrick Mahomes. Will he go over his 288.5 yard number? Select more. Think Lamar Jackson. Will he stay under his 212.5 yard number? Select less. Get both right and win. Simple, right? We're getting old. The less we have to think about, the better. I've been using this site personally for the last few months, and it's so user-friendly. And honestly, it's made me actually care about what happened in, for example, the Rockets Magic game the other night. Quite possibly the least interesting game in the NBA this year. So go to monkeyknifefight.com and use our promo code BELTWAY, and you get a 
free $5 game just for signing up. No strings attached, I promise. You also get a first-time depositor bonus, which they cover 100%. Deposit $10, you get $10 free. Deposit $100, you get $100 free. This offer is not going to last long, so tap the link in the episode description and sign up. Again, using our promo code BELTWAY. So easy, even a drunk monkey could do it. But moving on to the Washington football team. We know you've, you've all been waiting with bated breath, I'm sure, about this one. OTAs! <laughs> OTAs. <laughs> you know, real quick, it's strange that we're going back to Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays when there's baseball and only baseball. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> yeah. what are you going to do? Meh. Hey, that's your <laughs> thing, not mine. That's like wrestling, you know, to me. I'm like, dude, you want to talk about it? Go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, there's not much to talk about. I know, and, uh, I know. Nationals are trash, and but the Washington football team, it's a all-year-round conversation and what people want to hear about. So they've been in the midst of their quote-unquote voluntary organized team activities, or OTAs, as they're known, last couple weeks. They've had phenomenal attendance, especially considering the NFLPA tried to get all their players to agree to boycott these practices due to COVID, the new CBA, all that crap. There's actually some teams that have boycotted, including... The Patriots of all teams, and among others, there are a few others there. But, you know, apparently the culture change with Rivera is in full effect now. And only a few players miss these practices, all with excused absences. Minus one pretty big name. One of the team captains to boot. Trent Williams? It is not Trent Williams. It is actually (laughs) very similar, though. It's uh, Chase Young. He has not shown up to OTAs. He lives in the area. He's actually practicing at high schools in the surrounding areas. But for whatever reason, just doesn't think showing up to OTAs for six days of voluntary practices is a big deal. I mean, what do you think about this, Noel? I mean, I don't like it at all. I never liked it when Trent did it, but he was always a dick anyway. Yeah. It didn't surprise you when Trent did it and went to Texas and do, hey, he's working out harder than anybody down in Texas with his boys. Or whatever. But I just thought better of Chase Young. This is a surprise to me. I thought that his character... And I'm not questioning that he's not gung-ho. He's not going to come out kicking ass. I'm not denying that at all. I just thought the way the season ended, the way he had transcended and put this almost this franchise as a character base on his back, him and Rivera to a certain extent, right? would want to be there hand-in-hand with Rivera to say, new era, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Right? And now he's MIA. He's not MIA, but you know what I mean. No, he's, he's MIA. Yeah, it's not a good look. It just isn't. And you see this video of him running wind sprints, like the Dwayne Haskins bullshit. I mean, at least Dwayne Haskins had an excuse. OTAs right. weren't even an option. I mean, I'm not defending Haskins in any way. I think we're done going down that road. But he should never be compared to something like that. Why, If you are the team captain, why are you allowing anybody to question you? Yeah, these are stupid or you can think about whatever you want. They're not getting a lot of work in. But the fact is, you are not showing up for this. For what purpose? Because you want to work out alone? Dude, you haven't arrived yet. It's not even that. But he's not. You're not J.J. Watt, you know, that's like been beat up on the field, knows his own regiment, the whole thing. And this is your second year. If he were eight years down the road, or like Ryan Kerrigan, for example. Who would never do Who this, would never do it, but said, you know what, guys? I know what my body is at this point in my career and what I need, and it's right now, it's not here, and I need a couple weeks to me. I'd be like, go ahead, man. Ryan, do what you got to do, man. But Chase Young, 
he didn't even know all the NFL shit. I don't care how confident he is and how big of a voice he has and how beyond his years he is. He's still a kid. He doesn't know all the little ins and outs, and he should be there learning. I don't even think it's that. I just think it's about you have seven fucking months off in the offseason. They've cut this thing down from mini camp to training camp to basically it's unrecognizable. These guys don't do jack shit. Yeah, they work out on their own and all that stuff. But with the new CBA, the owners could give a shit how much they're working on the offseason. They're like, yeah, take all the OTAs you want. Take all the mini camps you want. We don't give a shit. This is six days, literally six days of half-assed practicing, padless practice. Walking around the field. Just showing your face, showing that you are a leader, that you claim to be. He's not going to learn much about rushing the passer at these, right? Mini camp, you get a little more contact. And obviously training camp, that's when you get, you know, a little bit more contact, not much. But if you want to be a captain, if you want to be a leader of this team, if you want to be a part of this culture change, quote unquote, and you are the guy who's leading that, you are the second overall pick, you are the leader of this defense, you have no excuse not to go. I don't give a shit if it's voluntary. And make no mistake, Ron Rivera does not consider these voluntary. Hell no. And I know he's pissed about this. He's the type of guy that if you show up on time, you're late. Right, right. That's his mentality since day fucking one. He hates every minute of the fact that Chase Young isn't there. Yes, technically in the bylaws, they don't have to be there. But this guy, Monster of the Midway bullshit, Del Rio, all these guys, they are fucking irate about this. Yeah. It's just a bad look, and it's no reason for it. If you want to train on your own, you can't take six days of being with your teammates, keeping in mind that of the 90 guys that are there, like 88 showed up, and you're one of them Right. that didn't, and the other ones actually had a real excuse. Montez Sweat didn't show up for the first uh, batch. He came in for the second. Jonathan Allen left for whatever reason on this one. Maybe it's a contract thing. I don't know. If I don't that's blame the him case, for that. I don't blame him a damn bit. I don't if blame it's him a contract either. issue. But Chase Young has literally no excuse. It's your second year. It, truthfully, it kind of worries me. I don't understand it. I don't understand this what the motivation is. This is such a critical time to see where this team is going to go. If it's going to take the left lane or the right lane. Because you've got contracts coming up. You have a situation where, okay, they've added some pieces. And is this team, what they're talking about is, they want this team to be a perennial playoff team. And where we're at as an organization. So this year is so critical Mm -hmm. to the future of this football team. And like I said, I'm sure wherever he is, he's probably busting it. Nobody's ever questioned Chase Young's work ethic. But why would you want your name out there in the news or even nationally? Because you are a national guy at this point. Six days. To have people say, Chase Young didn't show up to OTAs again. I mean, for me, just go, man. With the pandemic and everything else, you guys didn't even get to see each other that much anyway. And they didn't have an offseason last year. Right. Just go. And to end it with this, Morgan Moses was released. Right. We didn't get the chance to talk about that. That was crazy. But the thing is, and I'm not going to go down that road about Morgan Moses. It is what it is. Yeah, fuck him. Bye. But the thing about it is like the word on the street is that he didn't fully buy into the Rivera thing. Right. Whatever that thing is, he did not fully buy in. He was questioning things. He's like, we can do it this way. His ass got released and he didn't have a very big contract. 
he was a pretty damn good right tackle, all things considered, right? Right. His ass got released. And this guy, Chase Young, you release a guy that is a team leader, respected in the organization, the longest tenured player on the team since Ryan Kerrigan was gone. That's just got to be like so maddening yeah. to Rivera. But then it's like, well, why aren't you releasing him? Then you have like this. Well, we know why he's not. Well, releasing of course, him. Uh, it's tough to say Rivera's this hard ass. Get with the program stuff, and then your prized second year player, second overall pick, doesn't show up. It puts you in a tough spot. It puts it you really in a really does. tough spot. It, it puts you in a tough spot, and it's a spot that nobody should have to be in. And um, hopefully. It doesn't turn into anything beyond this where guys just don't do it and then they come in and kick ass. As of right now, I wish it was different. Totally agree. All right. So moving on to the part of the show that you've all been waiting for, a trip down memory lane. I'm sure these clips are from episodes you haven't heard before. We've got our top five thing going on here. It's probably (laughs) for the best that you haven't heard these early ones because they are fucking horrendous. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it here and all. It was raw, man. It was, it was raw. raw. Raw and uncut, you know? Like pilots of shows that you're like, wow, I can't believe this show lasted as long as it did. Or like Seinfeld, those first couple episodes. Holy can't wa- shit. They're unwatchable. They're unwatchable. Like the first season of The Simpsons and shit like that. Unwatchable. Speaking of The Simpsons, funny you mention it. Uh, th- this idea was completely stolen from the Simpsons 127th episode spectacular. With a little Beltway Sports Bro spin to it, of course. The Simpsons went through some clips through the first eight years or so and troy mclore one of our all-time favorites phil hartman r.i.p one of the greats he hosted it with one of our favorite lines and here it is <laughs> they haven't changed a bit have they I haven't changed a bit have they yeah that was <laughs> you know, so good so good uh, but, you know and, and if you watch the whole episode it's you like you gotta see it you yeah. got you got to see it. you got to see his face and it's the whole thing it doesn't you know over yeah. have a over cow audio. man <laughs> like that crap I don't even oh, think they God. did that yet. yeah it was just oh homer was some kind of like an army guy yeah like everything was a bomb shelter it didn't even make any fucking sense but i don't think we were quite as bad as, as the Simpsons were when they started God. our audio was and speaking of audio t- here's a clip from our first episode oh, this is not a God. part of our part f- <laughs> this is not a part of our top 5 but we were learning. It wasn't uh, our best it's effort. Cringe. We'll put it that way. It's cringeworthy. So here's a clip from our first episode. Enjoy. My brother, Noel. Hey, guys. So this show will be airing Monday through Friday, covering all things DC sports and random topics that pop into our heads. So this is a sports show. What better way to start things off talking about the lack of sports in our lives, what we're doing to fill the void. <laughs> Noel, how are you feeling about this whole thing? I'm absolutely loving this. I mean, I'm built for this. I, I hate people anyway. So it's, it's perfect for me. It absolutely is. I mean, it's, um, well, everybody's complaining about this thing. Let me get straight. I get to stay home for work. I don't have to go and deal with idiots at work. I don't have to, go to I don't have to go to stores and deal with idiots there. I hate everyone anyway. Oof. That was brutal. <laughs> You were you were playing some weird character there, like you know the oh, hard ass man. and everything. I was like over the top, man. It's brutal. Over the you know, top. I was me. Hey, did you hear how you were you were cutting out and everything? I mean, it was just like I didn't understand the whole Zoom. Th- I think we were we weren't even using Zoom. We were using uh, Skype, oh, which my made God. it even it was uh, it was brutal. 
Absolutely brutal. You know, we actually recorded an episode before that that was significantly better. I don't give a shit what anybody says. And um, never saw the light of day. We overthought it. We were new, you know? Eh, you so, kind of overthought it. I, I was happy with the episode. Uh, if well, hey, the product's then out there, Then you said it to friend. your friends, and they were like, it's too much. And I was just like, all right, let's fucking re-record well, this thing. Well, it's out there. You edited it, so there well, it is. I didn't even know how to edit at that point. And, you know, <laughs> That's that was, for uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing I could do to save that one. But anyway, with all that being said... You know, we talked about The Simpsons and, you know, our horrible audio before, but now we're going to actually move on to the top five most memorable moments. What do you think about that, Noel? It's good. We'll see how much memory I have left. I'm getting old, man. Lucky for you, I've set up clips so you don't have to really um, think that much about it. Maybe it'll maybe it'll bring something back. That fog gets lifted. Yeah. So we've done so many of these. I, I don't even know which end is up at this point, but I think those clips will help and... Like I said before, you probably have never heard these, and maybe you'll go back and listen to the episode. Who knows? All right. So let's uh, start with our number five, shall we? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Go for it, Noel. So my first... Now, this is a tough list. I mean, so many memorable moments. So many. We're so great. I mean, <laughs> We're really. so awesome. <laughs> but this was really something... Uh, I don't want to take credit, but kind of my brainchild, right? Mm. Um our top five lists, which exactly what we're doing right now. And maybe I should have had this higher on the list, but our inaugural top five list, which was uh, top five best sports video games. I don't know. It just kind of rolls off the tongue. So why don't you roll the clip and then we could discuss. Lots of rolling here. All right, let's roll it. So for me, I'm going real old school. And I do consider this a sports game because it is sports, but it's like a fun sports game. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. I knew you were going to say that. Mike Tyson's freaking Punch-Out. If anybody has a freaking problem with that game, you're an idiot. It's one of the greatest games of all time. I was almost had it higher on my list. I'm like, wow, I'd still sit down for hours and play that game right now if it was in front of me. Oh, awesome it, it game. Never gets old. Second bald bull. I have no idea. You are you were always able to defeat him. I finally figured it out. I did beat Mike Tyson one time in that wow, game. Wow, look at you. Finally. I mean, what was it? Took you 40 years? <laughs> that, that was, uh, I was <laughs> 17 or 18 when it happened. There you go. Good boy. <laughs> That was a momentous occasion. Oh, man. You want to talk about excitement when you would beat Mike Tyson. I remember the first... I can still remember. That's a crowning achievement in my life. Sad to say, but it is. (laughs) And I think it's a crowning achievement for most people that they beat Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson's punch out. There's not... Not everybody that's played that game can say that they beat Mike Tyson. Not without cheating in the game and using some type of code. Or using Game Genie or some shit. Right. The legit way, busting your ass, making it up to him, losing the first time having to go back fight against other fighters oh what a great game we could do a whole show about mike tyson's punch out and i'd be good to go yeah gotta cut that short well there it is see i mean we had something going there in a top five and i it still is one of the crowning achievements of my life by the way what the top five or well beating Mike, Mike mike tyson was and then number two not even kids none of that shit then the top mm-hmm. five. Big no. big time accomplishments in my life. That's fair. I, mean, I that's... can almost die now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, with the top five there, I mean, it was... Yeah, that's going to be in my top five as well. Just spoiler alert, because I, I think that it was a pretty big deal, you know, for this show. And, you know, the reason we came up with it was basically because we had no sports to talk about. Yeah. Right? So... 
it was like shit we got three episodes a week to kill and there's no sports to talk about what the hell are we gonna do so you know and, he and came it up turns with a great out idea. that even like we talked about earlier in the show it's one of the things even our own mom that's the part that she listens to it's relatable and it, it's fun it, it's fun to do they're they're a headache sometimes you know figuring out mm-hmm. trying to be relevant but they're a blast i love them yeah we'll keep them going as long as we can i guess until we you don't have any more ideas which you know feels like every week but somehow we always <laughs> pull one out of our ass well we took some time off so we should have some material maybe yeah we're fresh material <laughs> on the way all right so moving on my number five is I think it was a six episode, if I'm not mistaken. And trying to find my voice, if you could hear me, which was, you know, debatable because of the horrendous audio, but... In the shower, on the toilet, wherever you were doing it. Wherever I was, in a cave, you know, (laughs) underwater. But my hatred for Kirk Cousins really came through and and showed my personality. And at the beginning, it was pretty tough. And I'll be honest, it still kind of is to kind of the balance of being kind of like the... I don't need moderator, host, whatever the fuck the you want to call me. Pl- yeah, the point, you know, and then still give my opinion, you know, with such a, you know, loud man that's next to me here, you know, with giving Stop his opinion. Stop being Pippin, man. I can't relate because I'm not him. I'm, you know, mm. Jordan can't relate to Pippin, but he kind of understands what he probably is going through. He understands his plight. Yeah. Yes. But um, no, so it was, it's tough to kind of wear both hats. And, but when Kirk Cousins comes along, that gets me fired up and you know i kind of came out of my shell so to speak and take a listen to the clip and uh find out for yourself i've never been so sure of something in my life this guy being number one <laughs> on my list i mean like you mentioned uh jay gruden stood on the table for him risked his job to start to start him over rg3 who the owner was freaking obsessed with gruden this poor guy was hired specifically to fix rg3 says nah I need Kirk. The team paid him $20 million in 2016, $24 million 2017. They didn't give him a contract because he was freaking horrible in 2014. And they, they said, let's see what he does. And I, I we were both totally in agreement with that. Absolutely. He sucked. He fucking sucked. <laughs> he was terrible. And people forget that. It's like, how could you not pay this guy? Did you see him play three prior years? Right. He was trash. It wasn't even the play that really pissed me off because he got every year, year over year better. I will concede to that. But he always acted like the nice guy. It's not about the money guy, the quoting scripture guy. Every time he would talk, he would make my freaking skin crawl. So disingenuous about every little thing. I mean, he would say things like there was trash at my feet, throwing the O-line under the bus, but not not really throwing the O-line under the bus. Right. I mean, shit. At least RG3 was upfront about it. If, if somebody sucked, he would call their asses out right. at a press conference for right or wrong. But he was always kind of like in that gray area bitch mode thing. You know, Kirk's kind of like a girl who puts out a cryptic Facebook message. You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> doing that to garner attention. Something like, aren't people toxic? They're the worst. <laughs> And then you're like, is she talking about me? Yeah. Who, who's what she does talking she mean? about? Oh, yeah. What, what does she, does she mean? mean? I mean, that that's Kirk in a nutshell. Yeah. So freaking desperate for attention, but he not, but he acts like he doesn't want it. Yeah. Fuck Kirk Cousins. <laughs> he can go to hell. Damn. Well, <laughs> I was on fire for Kirk. You know, anytime you bring him up, it's a wrap. And you um, became a man that day, son. I really did. Balls dropped. Yeah, they really you know? did, man. <laughs> Hey, good for you. No, that was nice. uh, that was a good one. I, I totally forgot about that rant. <laughs> now, the question is, 
who do you hate more, Cousins or JP? Because you've had a couple rants about both. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, that's that's a great question, Noel. Um, I don't really have to think about that. I'd say probably, e- even though my hatred for JP is pretty strong, Kirk is... He's on a whole other yeah. echelon of hatred. That really you know? is close to home. Yeah. But there you go. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Coming I out party, that. man. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on to number four. What's yours, Noel? Well, this, I think... You know, we were did that keep Michelob coming, man, and all that shit. But this one, for me, was the real turn of the show. Not necessarily just for me. The topic, there was nothing going on. The last, last dance episode, um, when we kind of went over the, the last dance documentary and all that. And um, I have to say I was a little on point, but everybody can have their opinion on it. Let's take a listen. Say, look, I want the hell out of here. I can't deal with this guy. I don't know what his problem is. And this was a veteran team, a lot of them. And like I said before, there is no problem with your best player wanting the best out of his teammates. I don't have an issue with that. But when you come in and are humiliating people and calling them hoes and bitches all the time and being relentless on Scott Burrell and Kerr comes in, you know, he's just trying to make his way. And He's always had a hard work ethic. Jordan takes credit for all the positives that these guys have done as if his kicks in the ass every single time are the only reason why these guys were productive. These guys were good players. Bill Cartwright was a veteran when they traded. He didn't like the Bill Cartwright trade because he loved Oakley. So what happened when Bill Cartwright came in? He starts throwing impossible catch passes to him to prove that they should have never gotten him. That, that's real leadership there. That's really uh, wanting to prove your point that you want to win a championship is to have these guys come in and humiliate them in front of everybody else. It's a good job. Right. And the irony is that Jordan tried Krause's role and failed miserably and is really still failing with the Hornets to this day. Krause may not be able to shoot a basketball because he's 5'6", right, the way his body is. Oh, he's like but, the penguin. Uh, he's like... <laughs> <laughs> You'd think that at this point, Jordan would kind of come to the realization that, wow, it may have, it's not that easy, but he didn't show that at all in this documentary. He's been through what Krauss had been through for what, the last 20 years? Not an ounce of reflection, not an ounce, not in any of it, not during his behavior, during, you know, when you get older, a lot of times people have reflection and they become wiser and they realize, okay, I was a little bit probably out of bounds on a certain couple of things. Non-apologetic. This is how it is. If you don't get it, you've never won anything, quote unquote. And that's right. It's ridiculous. And it just all it did was confirm. I've never been a huge fan of Jordan. I'm sure everybody can get that vibe. But this just confirms everything that I saw. There you go, Noel. Yeah, I felt like that was the episode for us. And the documentary came out at the perfect time. We didn't have shit going on. Yeah, no, we didn't. And we could kind of break it down. (laughs) It was right in my wheelhouse. Love 80s basketball, NBA, encyclopedia of it for the most part. Um, Just my jam, that 80s, 90s basketball. And that documentary saved our show to a certain extent because it gave us something. It gave us something to talk about. And it gave us something to really go at. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really needed it. It really was. And we really needed that one. And it was it was and, fun to talk you know, about. I think that we kind of kind of figured out where the show was going on at that point. And yeah, it's nice to have something to talk about, which that gave us an opportunity, not just speculation and things like that. And, you know, because Jordan played for the Wizards. 
we kind of put that spin on it because we are, you know, the Beltway Sports Bros. So I, I wanted to make it clear to people that were listening and may have not remembered Jordan's time with the Wizards that he wasn't as bad as everybody remembers. You made it clear in the episode and I cleaned your clock on that too. That part, I'm hazy. I got a lot of bong <laughs> resin still in my brain, but I remember dominating you on that part. That that should have been the memorable scene clip. I don't remember that exactly, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's for another day. Yeah, for sure. All right. So my number four is, as I mentioned before, it was the birth of the top five, I guess you could say, the top five sports video game. The funny thing is, you know, and we talk about how big the top five was for our show and groundbreaking or whatever. Yeah. The top five is low on our top five. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> well, at least it's on the top five. It is. You know, that, it that's, is. A, that's a special hey, thing. Like I said, there's a lot of shit that we could have put on here because our show's so damn awesome. True that, Noel. <laughs> All right, Noel. Well, uh, moving on, what's your number three? My number three is the one that really showed, wow, this little stupid show that we put together, this little podunk thing that we put together because of the pandemic, two brothers that rant about sports and shit like that, Mm. like we arrived, I could be good with it at that point, is when we got Doc. Doc Walker. I remember talking about that with you and I was like, if we stop the show today, what else is there to do? Nothing. If we're talking about other than like... Was it going to get like fucking John Riggins? I, <laughs> I mean, mean, that'd be pretty we cool. Got but- do- I mean, that would be fucking awesome. But <laughs> I'm just saying it was like as far as in the media and who we've watched our entire lives and everything. Well, let's play the clip and then we could talk about it some more when we come back. All right, let's roll it. All right, well, let's bring in a man who needs no introduction, former tight end and Super Bowl champion, honorary hog as well. Honorary, right? Or were you an actual no, hog? ain't no honor. Right. <laughs> okay. I had too many broken bones for that. Right. <laughs> uh, well, the great Mr. Doc Walker, thank you so much for coming on. Also, you can follow Doc on Twitter at Rick Doc Walker. So please do that. Uh, thank you again so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. How's everything going on on your end? Good, good. No complaints, man. Just, uh, you know, three games in a row. Yeah. Uh, we finally beat a worthy opponent, and that you don't start until you beat somebody that's better than you are. And it shows you can elevate your game and that you can obviously play by the rules. We've been our own worst enemy with turnovers and penalties and uh, drops and fumbles. If you eliminate that, they have enough talent to control the destiny. All right. Noel, you got anything else? No, no, I'm I'm good. Big <laughs> fan. Again, thank you, Doc, for coming on. It was awesome, and yes, got it, we've got to do this again. Absolutely. Oh, we will. Blow up Twitter, guys. Yeah. Blow it up. All right, we'll do. All right, Always man. do. Later. All right, thanks. Talk Bye-bye. to you later, Doc. There it is, Noel. I mean, he just gets you going, man. I want to uh, run like, through a wall for that man, you know? And we got on, and I'm not usually nervous when we do the show. You're the one that kind of puts the prep stuff together and... Yeah, you know, I know. The, the, <laughs> but man, this one, I'm sitting at work and that's all I'm thinking about all day long. I'm like, don't make yourself look like a fucking idiot in front of this I, guy. I don't think you remember this well, actually. Yes, the second time he was on, absolutely. The first time, if you remember correctly, we had about 30 minutes to prepare. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Normally. Yeah, okay. Yes. Because yes. he was like, hey, I can do it now. And I was like, what? Like now, and it was like seven o'clock at night. That's right. I wanted to fucking kill you. 
I, oh, well, of course, you know, it doesn't take much, but... No, no, I'm just saying, I was like, Matt, you better be joking. Well, like, he didn't respond like, to me for... Get Moderno <laughs> on again or some shit, you know, if you need 30 minutes that quick, but Doc, I need, to, I need a couple days to prep for this. And do you remember... We had all these problems with the audio with him. One, two, one, one two, two, one, two. two. He was saying one, two. And I'll tell you one thing about Doc. When he got on, we were having all this audio shit issues. Couldn't figure it out. We thought the interview was dead in the water. Yeah, we thought for sure he'd be like, fuck this. So I'm no, here. fuck this. Sorry, guys. I don't even know who the hell you are. You're lucky I even have you on. <laughs> and finally, we got by the grace of God, we got the stuff working. And I'm telling you, as soon as we hit record, game on. He's like a cyborg. It's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, like it was in awesome. the best way. Yeah, in the best way. And do you Absolutely. remember it was a Thursday night and he wanted to watch Thursday night football. And he's like, we got to do it now. And I was like, well, no, we don't have to do it now. But and now we're, we're talking through Twitter or whatever. And we cut into his Thursday night football. And he yeah. still did the interview and did it like the professional that he is. Man, and stayed on. God, he, when he gets going, man. He gets rolling. It's ready to go. But that was awesome. And I was giddy like a schoolgirl that day. Yeah. It takes a lot, too, for you. Yeah. And it was uh, it was really exciting. And the fact he did it again. And, you know, I'm sure I could message Doc and he'd probably do it tomorrow if I asked him. Oh, big shot now, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Big shot. He knows me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> But um, anyway, that was a thrill, and hopefully we'll get Doc on again at some point. But moving on to my number three, it's tough to compete with Doc. Um, I wanted him on my number three, but I'm full of grace, and I allowed you, you to are. have it. Hey, I told you, sometimes Pippen just has to be the defender on the team, mm. make the right pass, even though you didn't want to pass to Kukoc. Right. But make the pass, you know? Sometimes you can't just put the ball in the bucket, Matt. Yeah, the guy who messaged him and found him and everything that's that's fine you know don't worry about that just a little admin work get no credit all right get on with it what's your number three (laughs) all right so my number three is when bram bram weinstein of course um offered us to roll in empire media a back story to that we actually had an offer from another podcast network if you remember this and i happened to contract in hand contract in hand they were waiting for us to sign it not going to mention the company but pretty big company when it comes to podcasts. So we were really excited about that. And then I happened to message Bram on Twitter. And amazingly, he messaged me back. And I said, you know, just the old, hey, is there anything we that you would suggest? Big fan. I know you've got a podcast network. I didn't ask him anything. I wasn't be like, can we get on your podcast network or anything like that? It was just kind of like, hey, check out our podcast. What are your suggestions? I've been listening to you for 25 years kind of thing, you know? Right. And then next thing I know... He said, hey, let's set up a Zoom meeting. Uh, you know, I may have mentioned the other podcast network, you know, my old uh, recruiting kind of deal there. We're yeah. in demand. <laughs> I mean, we were. I wasn't lying. Well, uh, why don't we do this? Play the clip and um, show people the excitement of where we were. All right. So here is the clip of Bram Weinstein on for the very first time. And so take a listen. Hey, we have a very special episode today. Please welcome the legendary Bram Weinstein. Bram, how's the beach treating you right now? Legendary. Wow. Wow. You guys, (laughs) that is just far from the truth, but I can't tell you how appreciative I am of that adjective. That is an amazing, amazing adjective that I never thought I'd hear in my life. You are. Yeah. We've been listening to you for 25 years or whatever it's been. You know, I've, I can't believe I'm actually doing a show with you right now. I don't, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm on cloud nine. I'm not going to lie. 
listen, man, like I, I love what you guys are doing. I'm so happy you guys want to work with, with the network that I'm building. I, I really I genuinely just kind of love what you guys are doing. And um, I think we need voices like yours in our market. And I'm happy that you guys signed on to do this with me. I was, I'm pleased. So, you know, Legend, I'm making you guys legendary. You guys, all right, there it is. So, what a thrill it was. I mean, we talked about Doc before, but you know, you and I have both been listening to Bram forever. You know, he was on Redskins Nation, he was on Sports Center. Yeah, man, just having him on the show just in general would have been awesome, right? But to come on and promote us and be like, who the fuck are we? It was cool, it was really cool, and just something that. I would have never expected in my entire life any of this. That's what's crazy. Checking another box, Matt. Checking another box. All right. So moving on to number two. What's yours, Noel? Matt, I'm going to let the clip play. Okay. I'm not even going to discuss it first. So let's roll the damn clip for my number two, and then we can discuss after if we like. But I think the, the clip itself speaks for itself. All right. What's your number three? Speaking of screaming, screaming fans. I mean, what are you screaming about? What are you yelling about? You have no involvement with the game. Yes, here and there, if a bad play happens or a good play happens, fine. What the fuck are you screaming the whole game for? At what? I think you're, you mean in terms of situations that people don't need to scream at, right? right. You can, you can yell in a game. Yeah, yeah. But if no, you're just abs- incessantly exactly. yelling. Just incessantly just making noise. Like people that lose their voices after a game as a fan. Lino? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, okay, perfect example. Thank you very much, Matt. Our cousin Lino. We went to the Italy-Mexico game at RFK. 94? In 94 World Cup. Yeah. We had seats, lucky us, with him. (laughs) This fucker couldn't tell you what a soccer ball looked like. And he was screaming the whole game, Italia, Italia, over and over again. So we had idiots of Mexico that were next to us. And this idiot in the sea of Mexican fans... They were screaming Mexico. He was screaming the one Italian in the place besides the two of us that were just looking at him, hoping that eventually he would just keel over. He almost did. He almost (laughs) fucking did. Face beat red, screaming his ass off, Italia the whole game. I don't even think he saw a play of the game. I don't even remember anything about that game other than that. Other than that. And it's a perfect example of why you don't fucking scream in the entire game. I was at a World Cup game. One at a time every four years, probably would never see another game on U.S. soil again, potentially. And the only thing I remember about that fucking game is this idiot (laughs) yelling Italia the whole time. Do you remember by like, um, I don't know, the 70th minute? He was almost toast. He, he was could, done. He, he had no voice anymore. <laughs> oh my God. My Shut Lord up. have mercy. It's still in my nightmares. Hopefully Lino doesn't listen to this anyway. <laughs> ah, uh, fuck him. <laughs> he stole my World Cup experience. He can go fuck himself. And you're leaving that in too. <laughs> you better not fucking edit this shit out. This has been a long time coming. <laughs> he needs to hear this. Yeah, he does. Buffoon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So my number three is people that go to the games just don't give a shit. Kind of feeding off of, of what you've said. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go. Okay. Go. <laughs> You know, um, 
Why? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I told you. It's still funny to this day. Just listening to it back. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely, I mean, I'm sure Lino, I mean, oh, he hasn't still heard to this it day, anyway. Fuck him. I, I hope he hasn't heard it, but you know, who knows? Oh, even listening to it now, everything I said was true. I stick to my guns. <laughs> I fucked up my World Cup experience. Screw him. That was a blast. Though. That was one of the uh, the fun times. It was good. When you said buffoon, that, that really put it over the top. <laughs> I have to say that. I told you it would speak for itself. Nothing yeah. else needs to be said. It's probably the funniest thing in top five history, I would say. Yeah, had a little you know? blooper with the, the laughing at the end there. So it was, it was good times. <laughs> it was genuine. He told me not to edit it out, and I left <laughs> that part in. And you did not. I did not edit it out. I was true to my <laughs> word. All right. So my number two, this is a tough one for me, Noel. Um, <laughs> this episode... I still Where think going? Where are you going with this? I still think it was one of the best ones we ever did. It was it was funny. It had some heart, you know. It was <laughs> but it, a lot of anger, of course, as well. It was our deer hunter. It was yeah, exactly. It had everything. <laughs> Every emotion you could feel in this episode in a 30-minute a very actually relatively short episode. And, you know, it was about Dan Snyder's about the whole thing with, you know, the the Washington Post article. I believe the first one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And holy hell, man. Well, let's take a listen to the clip. And this is actually two different clips. A happier time in the episode and a much darker time in the episode. And we'll follow up with that afterwards. So here you go. They said that, that Snyder and Jay Gruden pimped out their cheerleaders to season ticket holders while holding their passports for them on a foreign country. So they basically said, we're not giving you yeah, your Gr- passports. What was Gruden doing exactly? <laughs> Dangling it above her? Saying, no, no, no. You know, get no, get no. to work, sweetheart. Like, yeah, get to work, sweetheart. Here you go. Like, yeah, I mean, we need come all, on, we, man. We need all the season like, ticket holders we can. <laughs> You're gonna I, Yeah. I mean, give me a break. I, I, I just, that kind of shit would have so come out many moons ago. We're not talking about like this type of stuff. Yes. Unfortunately, it does take some time for these type of things to gain traction. But working out like a a bordello. I mean, (laughs) come on, man. Like these guys. This was like a freaking Roman freaking pool house. You know, like like, (laughs) what is this? Studio 54? Give me a fucking break, man. Uh, Like, I mean, this shit would have come out so long ago. I know. And that's why I looked at that. I was like, come on. Oh, they and took a break. Un- they took a break when Gibbs was there for four years, and then oh, yeah, uh, and, yeah, and then yeah, shit yeah, got really good. They went back to they went back to church for those four years. <laughs> so there you go. That's the first part. A much happier time, Noel. Um, the, you the know, high, the highs and the lows of Dan's last stand. No, that was that was fun, man. And that, for who? That, <laughs> that part that part was fun for both i think no it was i mean you were on fire on that one i, that, I, that I was one in good six. spirits i was in good spirits and then and then i remember mm. the show so vividly i was in good spirits we were on a roll talking about bordellos talking about pool pool houses and all that shit i don't know about this ridiculousness that idiot sent out that tweet i remember that one like it was yesterday especially yeah, when was, i'm defending was- my boy dan <laughs> and then and then shit got real and the wheels came off god forbid you ever say a negative word about the great dan snyder so <laughs> here. here's this clip so enjoy this one 
like it or not, he picks the people that are there. And yes, he has Rivera there now, but it doesn't seem like it ever works. He can hire Jesus Christ himself and he'll somehow fuck it up. It's just the way it is. So, oh my God, I can't, I can't do this with you anymore. I can't. Good. You're becoming like Skip fucking Bayless, dude. Like you say the dumbest shit sometimes. He had fucking Joe Gibbs for four years, man. That's my That had pure control of the damn team. What the fuck you want the guy to do? You think Gibbs, he, he was having input on what Gibbs did? He was like a giddy schoolboy around that guy. Are you well, kidding me? Well, like you said, Gibbs was not what he I, used I'm to done. be. I'm done. All right. That's craziness. I can't believe I'm having to get this fired up about Daniel Snyder. The guy is a dirtbag. I don't know how you keep defending him, but it's I'm not right. defending anything. You, you totally are defending him. I'm defending the fact that we need to allow this guy the opportunities just like any other owner would be allowed. Give him and 20 you guys, years. Because you, hate his, because you hate his guts and he didn't put a good product for you on the field. The guy deserves to be fucking thrown out into the fucking street and pelted with rocks. No, just I mean, leave. it's unbelievable to me. Just leave and we'll be fine. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I think we've had about enough here. <laughs> Take a breath over there, Noel. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I got like PTSD over that. <laughs> People people think that this is an act. You were out of your fucking gourd on that one. I yeah. mean, I was I was so uncomfortable, Noel. You were poking the fucking bear though. I was just talking about things that everybody when agrees with. When I have to with. go lower myself to call you Skip fucking Bayless. I was like, "I'm Skip Bayless <laughs> of all people." <laughs> No, Jeez. I was saying you were Skip Bayless based on the fact that you were like throwing these little things out there to get a reaction. That's what I meant oh. that you were Skip Bayless. Not that you are an idiot like him. I meant that you were throwing out these little pebbles into a pond to see what type of ripple that you could get. Look, you're getting angry again. This is, <laughs> yeah, <you're, he's>, I <laughs> I, I'm looking at his face and he's literally getting angry talking about oh, something you recorded let's like move, let's 11 move. months ago. We had a high. Let's not go to that low. <laughs> but hey, Christ. I tell you one thing. There was people out there that liked it. Now, I can say on a consistent basis, I've tried to be more cool and chill. I still have my crazy side. But mm -hmm. at that time, early on, put us on the map there for a minute. Well, I'll tell you, it was uh, a very uncomfortable situation <laughs> for me. You're and, fine. Um, You're fine. Uh, Let's move on. You're fine. Well, to end this with, with this number two, <laughs> I was so done with you. I did hang up on you on Zoom. I was like, I, I can't do this shit. No, yeah, you did. You sure did. That was did. legitimate. I, again, 100% not an act. This was not like that Skip Bayless show. Yeah, thank whatever you, the fuck Pandemic, because we could have thrown down potentially yeah, after that one. All over Dan fucking Snyder. <laughs> Think about it that thank way. Thank you, Mr. Snyder. Thank you. Yeah, you've given us so much. All right. So uh, <laughs> moving on to number one. What's your number one? My number one. This was a lock from the moment go. This was probably, mm -hmm. you know, loved having Doc on, Bram, dominating mm -hmm. you on a regular basis. Those are oh, all yeah, great. Of course. Yeah. Beating Good Mike time. Tyson. You know, those are all great feats. <laughs> but when your offspring comes on to the show and you see the fruits of your labor dominate his uncle. Yeah. We're speaking of Ryan, right? My son. Play yes, the clip so and you'll see. Here you go. Hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you, Ryan, for stopping by. We yeah, really appreciate thanks, it. Buddy. Any any final words of wisdom? Um, no, not really. I feel like we've all wrapped it up. And I mean, our list is the superior one. <laughs> and 
think the Clinton Porta is in the Santana Moss decision, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I so. feel like he just shows uh, uh, the later period of time over the older ones. Okay, so you're you're saying I have no credibility now? Yeah, um, I mean, I don't choose um, Dwayne Haskins as the best quarterback just because I have seen him play. So, <laughs> Fair enough. I feel like you're just <laughs> using that part. Oh, all right. <laughs> Huh? Well, we, we can we can end it there. Hey, buddy, thanks yeah. a lot for being on the show. You were great. Yeah, you Thank were. You. Thanks you were really a lot. Good. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And what what do the kids say? Burn? Is that what you did there? <laughs> you got burned, son. Uh, I'm whatever. too cool for that. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, you, you, you got a future, kid. Yep. There you go. There you go. Dominated. So just so that was our top five. That was when uh, Charlie Taylor's. Jersey was retired. Right. Man, it feels like so long ago. They were still called the Redskins at that time. They were still called the Redskins, man. And so we decided to do a top five retired jerseys. And because Ryan is a Washington football team encyclopedia, we figured perfect opportunity to bring him on. And he killed it. He really did. And he killed his uncle. It was great. Eh, I think I held my own. But, you know. I'll tell you one thing. That kid was shaking in his boots when he initially got on. As he should have. He should have been very (laughs) fearful of his uncle destroying him. But when he got lathered, yeah, he started yeah. throwing out. No, you're right. Stats. It, he started out kind of it, slow, but then he started. Yeah. he started killing it. And if go back to that episode, it's a very different episode. It's one of yeah. maybe our like fourth top five, something like that. Yeah, fifth. something like that. Right. Yeah, he was. It was fun. I think it was like the first show that we just had fun and and just when he came on, it was just joking around, having fun, and and you know what. I didn't cuss for the entire top five, which is a feat for me. You did say damn in that clip, technically. I said dang. Eh, debatable. But you're right. It was, it, we kept it pretty clean. <laughs> we Very, kept it clean is all I'm saying. See, I mean, if I threw out of damn, it. it's because he dominated you so bad that it just had to slip out. It was more like a damn, you know, but you yeah, didn't yeah, like yeah, finish yeah. it. You know? Something like that. Like it faded off. Yeah, yeah. So but it was, it was fun. It was cool that he, uh, I was worried about it, but. Hey, it turned out to be a memorable moment for me and for him Absolutely. and for you, too. No, it was. We were bantering back and forth. Check it out. Yeah, man. It was, you guys, uh, you, I was the third wheel. Yeah, well, what else is no? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So from the enjoyable topics there of, of, of Ryan being on the show to a not so um, good time for me and um, something I had to put it as my number one. It was just too important. You know, something that I felt really strange about doing. I don't really like to put myself out there like that, but it was something that I felt like I had to do. And I guess I'll just roll the clip and kind of speaks for itself. Hey guys, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us today. Hope you guys had a nice weekend. This is the Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. I'm Matt Bazana. And we're going to do something a little different on this episode. Um, unfortunately, our dear friend Chris Webb passed away on Friday. And truthfully, we didn't think it was the right thing to do to do a show, I don't know, bashing Darius Geis or talking about how the Chiefs stole the Redskins catchphrase or anything like that. Truthfully, Chris would have probably been pissed off that we didn't do a show because, you know, we we're mourning him. But this is us honoring his memory. Just so you guys know who Chris is, he was one of my best friends, and he was a huge DC sports fan. Uh, he, he grew up in the area, 
and honestly never left until his final breath. Chris was Chris was the guy that uh, lit up a room when he walked in. He he had the best sense of humor, the quickest wit of anybody I've ever known. And shit, hey, Noel even liked him, which was saying a lot. And, you know, Noel doesn't really like anybody. You know, if you've ever lost someone too soon and you, and I know many of you listening have, and so there's many emotions that are thrown at you at once, some you don't expect. And, you know, the stages of grief are real. Chris was like a brother to me. I know most of you don't know Chris, but I wanted to give one example of what kind of person that he was. Um, so I was the new kid at Quince Orchard High School. My parents wanted to move, so we did. Or I was supposed to go to Gaithersburg High School. Uh, the people that I moved away from were kids that I knew since kindergarten. Didn't know a soul. It was intimidating. It's not something I was used to. It's tough for a 14-year-old kid, you know, like a fish out of water. The first couple of months, I would come home depressed and crying. I hated my life. I didn't know anyone. I just wanted to go home, you know, where things made sense. Chris didn't know I was going through all this. You know, you got to have that tough exterior. You know, you just got to do whatever you can not to show weakness in high school, right? But um, he still extended this olive branch to me and, and, and asked if I wanted to hang out. And, you know, that's a really tough thing to do for a guy to ask to ask another guy if they want to hang out. I still have issues to this day with that, you know. Uh, keeping in mind, he already had friends that he knew since kindergarten, much like myself prior to that. So, you know, he, didn't need, he really didn't need me. But he still thought that it'd be a good thing. I guess he liked me or wasn't worried about the what people thought. After that, my life got so much better. And, you know, I look back at my life in high school with fondness and great memories. And I don't know where I would have been without him. The sad thing is, you know, I just never told him that, how much it meant to me. It meant the world to me. That that single moment changed my life forever, gave me more confidence, you know, got to the point where I can do a podcast and be made fun of by my brother all the time. And, you know, I, back then, it would have never happened, not in a million years. He wasn't just this way with me, but so many other people were touched by Chris as well. Chris was a, a beautiful person. I don't know how other way to say it. He left this world far too soon. He he was he was a bright spot in what can be in a, a very, very dark world. I'm gonna play the porta potty story for you guys after this, but I didn't do it justice. I would give anything in the world to have Chris be able to tell that story one more time. Um, he had the gift of gab and such a storyteller. <sighs> you know, I, I tried my best, Chris, but I, I just, I'm never going to live up to that. I always had, I was always envious of his ability to tell a story and be able to elicit emotions. And that, that just, I learned a lot from him in that way. And I'm, and I'm still never measure up. <laughs> Chris, I, I love you. I wish I would have actually told you that when you were still here. If you've lost touch with anyone, do whatever you can to get in touch with them. Do whatever you can to call them. Go to their house. God, I wish I would have done that because, you know, life is too short to be stubborn or hold on to negative feelings or you just never know what's around the corner. And I, I just hope he is in a better place and is not in pain or anguish 
or in a dark place anymore. Uh, so there you go. Good friend of mine. Noel knew Chris pretty well as well. Grew up with him where I grew up with him, but Noel was always around Chris. It was something like, even if I listen back to it, I still kind of feel like it's self-serving in a way, in a weird way, you know, because it's like, it's really tough to put into words how you feel about somebody, especially after they're gone. And um, it was, it was tough, very tough. And well, I can tell you, Matt, I, I didn't feel that way about it when you did it. I wasn't sure at the time whether you were or not. And either way, it would have been fine. But what you came out with was awesome. Um, and I think it did Chris and your friendship a lot of justice. And I think it exposed us as people that were that were just guys on the radio and we go through shit just like everybody else does. And um, Chris is still missed to this day. It didn't end on that show. No, nah, of course not. It, it's it's uh, it happened during one of the highs and one of the lows, the very low as you can get. You served him well. You really did. That was going to be on my list as well as the most memorable moment because it was after I listened to that it was so heartfelt and great but that's your friend and um, I wanted that for you thank you Noel I appreciate that and a little known fact the only episode that we did not start off with that generic music of whatever that (laughs) is you know the one that you picked i don't remember whatever they title it it was uh it was actually if you want to listen to it oh is that like a trivia question what beltway sports rose trivia the musical portion of crawling back to you by tom petty yeah i mean that one shit when i formatted that i had to listen to it i mean that was like that was heart wrenching because it meant a lot, you know. Tom, yeah, Petty I was in like, how the and part of me after listening to the show and everything, like, how the hell did he put that together during that process? That's crazy. I'm a professional, Noel. But <laughs> another little tidbit that was never mentioned was another great story that potentially could have been on the list because, like I said, we have so many. Was he was at the porta potty with you when the guy got tipped over? Yes, great he was. fucking story. Listen for it. You know, it's so funny at Chris's funeral, a bunch of the people, you know, because I posted this on Facebook, right? And this clip, I was just like, look, I, the first 10 minutes is is a tribute to Chris and still by far our most high, highest listened to episode, yeah. even though it was a like a basically a rerun episode. And um, one of the guys and Chris was so notorious for this. Every time he would tell a story, it would get bigger and bigger and bigger. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like he would, <laughs> I always say, you know, he's like the, the storyteller, and he was. And this guy was like, "Oh my god, I've heard this this porta potty story like thirty times." This guy I used to work with, and I was like, "Well, how did he tell it?" And it was just like this outrageous situation, you know, just got out of control. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, he tipped over ten porta potties." <laughs> yeah, the, the porta potty exploded and a yeah. nuclear weapon. You know, whatever. Yeah, there was but- a piece, a stick of. <laughs> they shoved the stick of dynamite up the guy's ass. Right, but that's so. Uh, that's Chris in a nutshell. You know, yeah. that's Chris, and it was. Um, it was great to hear. And what made it even better was that, you know, when you put yourself out there like that, you don't know how people are going to react, right? It's it's a it's very subjective, you know, but I, I did not hear a negative thing about it. And it, it's a, it was also difficult because for the people that didn't know Chris, I was trying to make it relatable to people that have been in that yeah. situation as well. I wish I could have said more specifics, but that was the best that I could come up with. And I'm glad people liked it. And if they didn't, I'm very sorry. Well, definitely uh, 
deserves to be on the top five of the memorable moments. Like we said, it's been a hell of a year for everything personally and for the show. And hopefully we can continue on. We don't get that low with it, but hopefully we have many more highs and uh, more Lino stories. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely perform more Lino stories <laughs> and more Chris stories. We'll put it that way. Yeah. So, um, all right. Hey, it's been a great year. Here's to another year. Ching, ching. Exactly. So that's going to do it for this episode. We're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and our website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great weekend, and we will see you Monday. See you later. Here we go. (laughs) 